welcome back to the Simple Sports Podcast. And it is almost time to reveal our updated standings in the NFL, our rankings, uh, as Nick Wright calls them, tiers, whatever you want to call them. I don't necessarily care. Uh, But we have one more week of, I guess, information to gather, if you will. And uh, as I said before, I like to do it week four. I have a pretty good idea of what I'm going to do as far as any changes. Um, But I want to give it one more week. And so those will be released next week. Um, I know for a fact of a few changes I'm already going to make, though, um, for sure. Uh, those changes are for, you know, teams that I was clearly wrong about, teams that stink, uh, one of which, of course, is the New England Patriots. And after 2019, uh, before Tom Brady officially signed with the Bucks, I wrote a little blog piece about how special it was to watch the Patriots for all those years because it was. Um, they were well coached. They were well run, uh, disciplined. You know, you always think of them making smart plays. Occasionally, they were explosive when they had the right players. See the Randy Moss years. See, you know, the Gronkowski years. Um, Didn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, And, you know, every team obviously loses uh, at some point and goes through their terrible times. Um, But they were rarely ever blown out. Um, They're few and far in between. Uh, And it was just, it it was fun. It was special. I don't think it's something that we should take lightly uh, as a football fan. And football is hard, and they made it look easy on most Sundays. Um, now, this coming week, the Bucks are traveling to Foxborough, and coming off a loss, they will arrive with bad intentions. Uh, I don't see that going well. The Patriots are no good, which will only make this game uh, that much worse and that much sweeter for Tom Brady. Um, and one of the biggest Patriots fans... Bill Simmons, and and I love him and his podcast. I think it's great. But he's the epitome of a homer if you just listen to the podcast. I think anyone that has for any length of time knows that. Uh, And he picked the Patriots to go to the Super Bowl. And I just want to take a moment to say how ridiculous it was when he said it. And I don't know if that's just something that he did to do. Or if maybe he's just blind blindly in love as a Patriots fan, but I just find it funny how people like that consistently say that us as fans have no idea what we're talking about, right? Uh, But today we won't spoil any of the other amendments other than the Patriots, um, because today we're going to talk about through three weeks, heading into week four, who should be concerned about what's happened so far and who can actually be a little excited Um, And we'll talk about that. All right. So before we get into the heart of today's episode, I want to mention a few teams on both sides of this um, that are either closer to the middle or just irrelevant uh, playing bad teams versus teams that we should actually be excited and concerned about. Uh, Here's what I mean. So the Jets and the Jaguars, uh, these teams are just awful and don't need any time spent on dissecting what's happening with them. Uh, It's hard to judge the rookie quarterbacks on any given year, uh, but especially this year and especially with these two teams. For the Patriots, uh, I don't believe Mac Jones is that good. And it's blind Pat homers like the aforementioned Bill Simmons, who've not yet let go of the fact that Tom Brady is not their quarterback. 
Um, which, you know, by the way, I don't blame him. He was there for so long. But Mac Jones hasn't been good. And everyone keeps having this optimistic view of, oh, no, no, they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to make the Super Bowl. I don't see it. Uh, listen, I'm willing to concede that because of where he was drafted, I think we can be more patient in waiting for him to figure it out this year. Uh, but for these two teams, the Jets and the Jaguars, I hold no hope for either franchise and ultimately either quarterback, Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence. They were drafted by terrible teams, uh, and it has showed already in their first year. Uh, both are running for their lives every other play. Both are turning the ball over, making careless. It's not. It's one thing to make a rookie mistake, um, but then you're having them run like flea flickers with Trevor Lawrence that he just lobbed over to the sideline, uh, just carelessly throwing the ball away. Um, both do make their own fair share of rookie mistakes, and both, in my opinion, um, ultimately are mostly blameless for their current uh, circumstances. The Jaguars have a first-time NFL head coach who was – all-time great in college, but the NFL, as we know, is different. And the Jets have been perpetually bad, not to say the Jaguars haven't, but they've had far more success, at least recently, than the Jets have. Um, We saw what Sam Darnold looked like with the Jets, and while he hasn't been amazing as a Panther, um, he certainly looks like an NFL quarterback. And Matt Stafford spent years and years and years with the bad Lions team, and he had his fair share of weapons as well. But now he looks like one of the best quarterbacks in football. So who am I to say that Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence can't play? I think we mostly all agree that Trevor Lawrence can play. I think most people are out already on Zach Wilson. I'm not necessarily there yet. but uh, And, again, it mostly has to do with who they got drafted by, the Jets and the Jaguars over the last 20 years, have very little success to hang their hats on. They were they each had their their own flashes, um, but neither made it to the Super Bowl. Um, the Jets made it to two AFC Championship games. The Jaguars made it to one, I think. Um, but regardless, uh, we mostly know them as terrible, terrible organizations. And so it's hard to judge rookie quarterbacks, especially those that go to such bad teams. All right, so another honorable mention, the Dolphins. Uh, I didn't buy into it before he was drafted, and after his few games last year and so far through this year, I've not been impressed. Uh, I don't see it. And now he's hurt already, which is something that we all knew going into the season. This guy had an injury history, and like most guys that have injury histories, they are assuredly going to get hurt in the future. Um, it's one thing to get an injury. It's another thing to be consistently injured. And that's what he's been throughout his career, um, through college at least, and through the NFL, not even 10 games in, and he's out for a couple of weeks. And listen, that's not to blame him, but it's just a reality. It's a fact. Um, There were Deshaun Watson rumors that were floating around, and from a football perspective, that would fix the situation. Um, But obviously, we don't know what's going on there in terms of off-the-field things, and I'm certainly not going to speculate on it. Uh, So as it stands... I think they missed on Tua. Uh, Jacoby Brissett is a serviceable backup, but uh, I don't think he's going to be good enough to uplift them into the playoffs, and I think they're going to miss the playoffs like they missed on Tua. Uh, Another honorable mention, the Ravens, I think they're going to take one of the wild card spots. So I'm not concerned about that necessarily, Um, but I am concerned about the injuries, as with a lot of teams. 
uh, but specifically how it's impacting the team. And it, and it sounds ridiculous to say this, but they're too Lamar Jackson dependent. Um, every team is depending on their stars, of course, but uh, Lamar Jackson can't just hand the ball off to a Derrick Henry 30 or 35 times in a game and then throw it 22, 24, 25 times. Uh, he doesn't have that luxury. He's the guy that's running it. Uh, he also can't run less than what he's currently doing um, and, you know, air the ball out 40 or 50 times. Uh, two games in his career that's happened, he went 22 or 43 for no touchdowns or picks, uh, sacked three times in a row, lost to the Chiefs in 2019. And then the second game, he went 31 to 59 for a touchdown and two interceptions uh, versus the Titans in a home loss in 2020. Um, he's got to run it a lot. And we are seeing him take hits that we didn't see in the previous two years. And that's what I'm concerned about. Um, they got guys out, weapons that they've had to cycle through at running back. And listen, they, they are still atop the league in terms of rushing. But it's week three, going into week four. And we've seen Lamar Jackson take some pretty heavy shots this year. Some things... Uh, some shots that we haven't seen him take in previous years. And I just wonder with the additional game, how long is this thing going to go like that? And that's just through the regular season. Can you keep that up through the postseason as well? And as a wildcard team, you're going to have to play uh, three games as opposed to obviously being a one seed with the bye, which they're not even close to that. Uh, I, I don't love it. And so that's the only reason I'm concerned. Otherwise, I believe in the Ravens just because they're a great organization. They always have great talent. And they're not a stupid franchise in terms of on-the-field penalties and things of that nature. So um, I'm not concerned about them in terms of that. Uh, but can they stay healthy, um, as healthy as they um, are currently anyway? They can't, certainly can't afford any more injuries. And specifically, can Lamar Jackson stay healthy with all the additional hits we're seeing him take this year? Um, another team that I think deserves an honorable mention is the 49ers. Everyone sees this team as a Super Bowl contender, and I just don't. Um, they're 16th in rush yards per game, which I always hear about this, uh, you know, vaunted rushing attack from the San Francisco 49ers. Um, and guess what? That's about where they were last year when they weren't very good. Um, and the injuries were there last year when they weren't very good. And guess what? They are there again. That stuff matters. Uh, everyone goes into the scene say, saying, well, if they're healthy, well, of course, if every team is healthy, uh, obviously that would be ideal for the franchises and for the fans. Um, but the Niners haven't been healthy for quite some time now. That's a thing. That's a problem. And, oh, by the way, they're 12th in passing as well, which, you know, that's pretty good. It's above average. But that's also behind the Colts, Lions, and Texans, who all of which we don't think are very good, at least certainly not the Lions and the Colts. Um, and I don't think the Texans are very good either, certainly without Tyrod Taylor and Deshaun Watson. Now, look, it's three games, and, and who knows if we'll see Trey Lance sooner than later, but this team is hurt already, and the defense is not as good as it was the previous two years. They will probably still make the playoffs, obviously, but the rest of the NFC is so bad, so it's pretty much theirs to lose as it stands. There are a few teams that could maybe compete if the injury bug really does catch them any further. Um but as it stands, they'll probably make the playoffs as a wild card. I think the Rams are going to take that division. Um, but I'm not I'm not as high on the 49ers as others seem to be. Uh, another team, and the final team is an honorable mention, 
the Seahawks. For obvious reasons, uh, you have to be concerned about the Seahawks back-to-back double-digit leads given up. It's rare you see a quarterback, a good quarterback on a bad team, but much like Watson from last year, Russell Wilson may suffer that same fate. He may be that guy this year, and it sucks, but we've seen it with a few other quarterbacks, and, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, when you're stuck in that situation, and we saw the little bit of a stink that was made in the offseason, uh, things could get sour pretty quickly in Seattle. Now, I want to talk about the five teams who should actually be excited, like for real excited, and we are going to start with the LA Rams. Okay, so why should Rams fans be excited? Why should you be jumping for joy right now? If you're Eric Dickerson or any other Rams fan out there, the number one reason is because you now have a quarterback. Yes, congratulations, you have a quarterback. And Cooper Cup is one of the best receivers in football. Yes, give yourselves a round of applause. Sean McVay is a good play caller. Uh, I'm not ready to go great yet because he does some funky things I don't agree with, but mostly I like him. And that man, Aaron Donald... Um, is an issue. Uh, I just watch him and Jalen Ramsey play when the Rams are on defense. Those are the only two guys I ever watch. And Jalen Ramsey, who should have been a Titan, uh, those two are special, uh, him and Jaylen, and Aaron Donald. Donald just mauls people, and it's funny to watch each play he wins and loses because you can sense the, high, the sigh of relief that the offense takes for each play that he doesn't blow up. Uh, you can tell by the double and triple teams and the chips and the traps and all that stuff is directed and designed to remove him from the play. And you see over and over where uh, it sometimes it works, but you see the effort it takes for it to work. Uh, and then other times he blows it up anyway. Um, and the same goes for Jalen Ramsey. And it's just interesting to watch those two guys. Um, another team that should be excited, the Tennessee Titans. Uh, if you're a Titans fan this morning, as is as am I, uh, you should be excited. After the world panicked and the opening day massacre on the Titans by the Cardinals, uh, they have now righted the ship with a big road win in Week Two and a resounding win over a divisional opponent last week to go two and one atop a pretty bad division overall. And that's fine by me. Um, I'm most impressed with Derrick Henry though. Uh, as I think we all are, obviously because after a slow start for the entire team, not just Derrick Henry, uh, he has recovered quickly, and he is humming right now. 35 carries for 182 yards, three touchdowns last week, and don't forget the six receptions for 55 yards as well. Uh, Then last week, a quiet 28 for 113 to lead the league in rushing at 353. Joe Mixon and Chubb. To follow up, Lamar Jackson is fourth. Uh, speaking to my earlier point about Baltimore, if you were paying attention, it's impressive. And, in fact, it's a faster pace than last year, if you could believe it, when he rushed for 2,000. And 2,016 games is hard to do in and of itself. And I imagine, even with the additional game, 17 games, um, because, let's face it, in the NFL, it's, the, it's, it's hard to do things like that. You don't just rush for 2,000 yards. You need a lot of things to go your way, and you need to be really good. And if you consider he only rushed for 58 in week one, we're really just talking about 1942 in 16 games, which is just as impressive as 2,000. It doesn't have that shiny 
symmetry with the two and the comma and the triple zero. But trust me, that is just as impressive. Uh, if he were to get to 2,000 yards, uh, I think that would be incredible. And so far, he's on a faster pace through three games. So not to say that he's going to do it, but man, back-to-back seasons doing that would be that would be something. Uh, I do have one slight concern, however, as a fan, and it's the injuries, man. A.J. Brown hurt. Julio Jones appears to also be hurt. Taylor Lewan hurt. And that's just guys on offense. Now, those are two or three, or those are three of your top guys on the entire roster. Um, and I don't like that. But they do have the Jets coming, which is, you know, that's like having a bye week anyway. And it will be much needed. They're going to, they're not going to be up for tackling Derrick Henry. He's probably going to get 30 plus carries this week. And that maybe gives the the other guys a chance to get healthy uh you also have to be excited about the defense which has looked much 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 better than last year uh they've given up a few dumb big plays but defenses tend to do that especially earlier in the year um their schemes uh their physicality their pass rush surprisingly the tackling it's all been improved and you can see that from just watching the film uh they've given up uh, quite a few points, but that comes largely from some big plays. Russell Wilson, I think, had two 60-plus-yard touchdowns, so there's 14 points. Um, and a few critical turnovers, two of which I know off the top of my head that gave the opponent drives that started inside their 10. I think both of them actually started at the six-yard line of the Titans, so first and goal. I'm not satisfied by the defense by any means, but you can see a noticeable tick up from last year and – we know historically it's early in the season. Defenses tend to be behind uh, in terms of scheming for the offense. So heading into the later part of the season, I'll I'll sort of check back with the status of the defense and how I feel about it. But so far, I don't think they've been terrible. Certainly they've been better than last year. Uh, next team to be excited, the L.A. Chargers. If you're a Chargers fan, you have to be excited about your quarterback, right, Justin Herbert? You were probably already excited because of last year and what we saw, except now you're winning games and you're winning big games. The Chiefs game mattered. Um, And if you can keep pace both with the Chiefs and surprisingly with the Raiders, uh, that game will matter even more later on in the season. Uh, Now, what you can't be excited about is all the penalties, because quite frankly, your record should be three and no. But penalties are costly, uh, especially dumb ones at dumb times. And they made a lot of them last year, and evidently that wasn't the fault of Anthony Lynn because they still continue uh, to commit dumb, stupid penalties. And it's cost them games in the past, and it's cost them one this year. Another fan base that should be excited about their quarterback who bounced back after a shaky one in Week 2, the Bengals. And ladies and gentlemen, don't look now, but the Bengals or the Bungles are 2-1 and with the Jaguars coming up. And a Packers team who is not the juggernaut that they were last year. Uh, follow that up with a bad loss or a bad Lions team at the Ravens next week and then at the Jets. And you could, at worst case scenario, be 5-3. and three. You'll probably lose to the Packers and the Ravens. Um, but if you can upset the Ravens and the Packers, all of a sudden you are 7-1 and one with a showdown with the Browns, probably, uh, probably for the division lead heading into the home stretch of the season. Um, and I actually think that that's possible 
So the question becomes, can you close the deal if you're Joe Burrow, if you're the defense, um, if you're Joe Mixon, who is third in rushing or second in rushing, I can't remember if it's Tim or Chubb. Um, can you close that deal? Because the second half of the schedule is brutal. Um, it is not nearly as soft as this side. But if you can close that deal with the Browns, um, that's going to give you momentum. And going into the second half of the season, um, that's going to be a lot of wins under your belt to build a lot of confidence if you're Joe Burrow, if you're a young head coach, if you are that young defense with those young weapons on the offensive side of the football. All right, and the final team that should be excited, as much as it pains me to say, the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys fans, as much as I hate to admit it, you should be pumped. Uh, Now, let's not get carried away. What exactly should you be excited about, Dallas Cowboys fans? Uh, Well, first and foremost, you got a healthy and you got a motivated Dak Prescott. Uh, I've never been the biggest fan of him and that's solely due to football reasons, but it is impossibly hard to not like the individual that is Dak Prescott. So as much as I dislike the Cowboys, um, it's hard not to root for Dak Prescott, especially. Um, Having said that, what's interesting is they've got a running game, and while Zeke wasn't quite what he was a few years ago, um, he's still really, really good. Okay, let's not get it twisted. And... When he gets up to and through the offensive line and ahead of the line of scrimmage, he is really tough to bring down. It is effective, and it's split with Tony Pollard, who is just as effective, and it works for the Dallas Cowboys. So the interesting thing is the running game is there now for Dak Prescott to work with play action with legitimate wide receivers. It's not like they're doing this because they can't throw the football to weapons. No, they're doing it in conjunction with the weapons that they have at wide receiver. Um, And to boot, they have an okay defense. I must say, I've been impressed with the defense. I'm not getting caught up in what the turnover numbers say because while you do have to complete the turnover, um, albeit a fluky one, you do have to, in fact, complete it. And they have, in fact, had some great fortune in that regard this year. Ball popping off a guy's hands, um, you know, things of that nature. But they still had to uh, convert it. And look, that's not to hate. It's just to say the defense is much improved from the previous year, but it's not by any means great. Okay, the turnover numbers are a little bit skewed. Um, and a few other things that worry me about the defense. But overall, You can't be mad at the Cowboys. I think Cowboys fans should be excited. All right, now, it's time to talk a little trash about some teams that should be worried. And I love to dump on bad teams because, especially when you're stubborn, and one team that is just evidently stubborn are the Atlanta Falcons. So Walking Dead has returned, and that is the Atlanta Falcons. That is Matty Ice. And they've made a mistake at quarterback by not drafting one because Matt Ryan is getting close to Big Ben territory. um, And it is sad to watch. Uh, If the Falcons had listened to me, they wouldn't be in this mess. They drafted Kyle Pitts. This reminds me so much of the New York football Giants drafting Saquon Barkley. And the defense is just as bad. Among the worst in the league. That's a recipe for disaster. Uh, Bad quarterback. Bad offensive line. Bad defense. 
Uh, I also think they made a mistake at head coach. I thought Arthur Smith was a pretty good coordinator for the Titans. Um, I was actually worried about when he left. But, you know, he does not look like a head coach. Um, on the sidelines, they cut to him. Um, the team looks like they're in disarray. It's rare to see a coach fired in the first year. But if this season continues to go as south as it, as it looks so far, it's possible that we see this happen. Um, you got a veteran quarterback. You didn't want to draft one. You wanted to move forward with this guy because you thought you could win. And all of a sudden, you could look up and be, you know, one and six, one and seven before you know it. Look, staring at a top five pick in the draft. Another team that should be concerned, highly concerned, the Philadelphia Eagles. So far, not so good for the Eagles. And it starts with Jalen Hurts. We know. Was not good versus the Cowboys through two bad interceptions. The Cowboys put a hat on the hat uh, on offense and just ran it left and right and middle and opened up everything for Dak in the passing game. Uh, they refused to adjust their defense. Who um, The Eagles head coach, look, Nick Sirianni, 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 I'm not sure how you say his name. I've heard both. He's been praised for his motivational speeches, and we saw the T-shirts beat Dallas, which is a little bit college-y, but okay, whatever. Um, what he hasn't done is win games. Now, again, we're three weeks in. We're not talking about, you know, three years of a resume here. So I'm not trying to kill the guy. But I'm just saying, you know, we can only judge what we've seen. It's like you say, we can only play who's on your schedule. We can only react to what we've seen. And three weeks in, uh, it's not looking good. The Chiefs are coming to town. They're going to be ticked off. Then they visit the Panthers. Then they host the Bucks and the Raiders. That sounds like four straight losses to me before you get a break, baby, with the Lions. However, through three games, as bad as the Lions are, they certainly look better than the Eagles. So that could be five straight, uh, followed by the Chargers, Broncos, and Saints. Yikes. The Giants should also be concerned. Giants fans, you should be concerned. Clearly, I was wrong about the Giants having a chance. Mainly because I thought Dallas would actually suck. And so I thought every team in this division would suck. But I thought the Giants would suck the least. Because they have no chance. Uh, I thought maybe their defense would be good enough to help assist what is a terrible offense. And that da Daniel Jones actually wouldn't be so terrible. And by the way, um, he hasn't been awful. But, you know, he's not been, like, above average. He's barely been average, if that. He's just meh, and meh is not good enough in the NFL. Um, Barkley still hasn't really impressed coming off the injury. They don't have great wide receivers. I said it when Barkley was drafted. It's no use because your offensive line is terrible. You can't run the football. You're seeing it with Pittsburgh. You're seeing it with Kansas City. Those teams also drafted running backs in the first or second round. Those teams also can't run the football. Um, and it's still – my thing with Barkley is I hate that he's with the Giants. I think he should be with another team. Like, could the Ravens trade for him? And what would that cost? What would it cost you – uh, to trade for Saquon Barkley. I'm no trade guru. I'm no GM. Um, but, I, you know, I just hate to see his career come to what it's come to as a Giant. It it The Giants need picks to build an offensive line, and they probably need a different decision-maker doing so as well, which means they'll probably need a different quarterback. You need picks for that kind of stuff. And I don't know what Saqu Saquon Barkley could get you 
Um, but it may be worth considering because he is just wasting away as a giant. And I don't know if he's fully healthy, but I believe if he were fully healthy, he'd be one of the better backs in the league. Um, but, man, he's got nothing to help him. And there are a lot of guys there who, you know, Slayton dropping touchdown passes. Kenny Galladay was brought in. Uh, maybe Daniel Jones just sucks so bad that he can't get Kenny Galladay the ball. Uh, I don't necessarily think that's the case. We've seen him make some great throws in his young career. Um, I just don't think the team is very good. They don't have a lot of talent elsewhere. Um, and I think Barkley would get served better in another organization. But that's just me uh, being a fan. It has nothing to do with real football. Um, regardless, if you're the Giants, you're not winning the division this year. You're not sniffing the playoffs. And you aren't going to get markedly better by next year unless miracles happen. I think one thing that you could do, do right by Saquon Barkley. Send him to an organization that's going to compete, the Ravens. Um, I don't know another team that necessarily needs a running back right now, but that's one that I would consider. Um, and get some picks and start rebuilding this team. Uh, is it just me or do the Patriots stink? Does Mac Jones stink? Um, does Bill Belichick stink? Because uh, this uh, this Patriots team stinks, uh, especially this offense. They can't protect Mac Jones, and and part of that may be, you know, he's a rookie. He may not be able to protect himself. Last week he threw three interceptions on his 30 of 50 passes completed for 270 yards and a touchdown. I, I don't see it much like I didn't see it with Tua. These guys had first-round NFL picks all over their roster at Alabama, and they were bound to shine and win games at Alabama. Jones was three of nine, three of nineteen for two picks, and one touchdown on throws of fifteen yards or better down the field. That's pretty bad. Um, I don't see it with either guy. I didn't see it with Tua. Now he's hurt. Mac Jones, he's okay when guys are open. He can see the field well, field well, um, but he doesn't offer you. I said it before. What extra do you provide? You have to provide extra if you are so special as a runner talking about quarterbacks you can get by with being less of a passer but you can't be so bad of a passer that your running ultimately doesn't win you football games and it's no different as a passer you can't be an immobile quarterback who doesn't offer anything extra. This is why I never got the comparisons to Tom Brady. Tom Brady offers you nothing extra physically. He's tall, got big hands, he stays healthy. But in terms of actual on-the-field production, he is a pocket passer with some of the sweetest pocket feet I've ever seen. But his extra didn't come from the physical, it came from the mental. He dissects, make sure you're in the best play possible to succeed. And obviously you don't win every single play, but you knew that you could trust what he was saying in any given moment because you knew that he put in the time and the effort to make sure he was prepared for as much as possible. Mac Jones does not offer that. And he does not also offer any other physical attribute that is special. He doesn't have a cannon of an arm so he could just run by guys. 
He doesn't have overwhelming accuracy on the field. He's not an Aaron Rodgers or a Drew Brees who Aaron Rodgers obviously has a big arm. Drew Brees has didn't have as big of an arm, but he was more known for putting the ball exactly where it needed to be. That's not Mac Jones. Mac Jones can't run like a Lamar Jackson. He can't run like a Patrick Mahomes. He can't run like a Ryan Tannehill. At least Ryan Tannehill can occasionally run a read option or a quarterback draw or sweep or whatever. He can do that kind of stuff. He can also, when the play breaks down, he can scramble and pick up first downs. Mac Jones is not doing any of that. So he doesn't offer you anything extra in terms of on the field and and sort of being the extra coach on the field. He doesn't offer you anything extra in terms of physicality and, and playing the position. That's not good enough to me. Look at every single great quarterback. Look at every single good quarterback, not the great ones, the good ones, the guys that, you know, make the playoffs occasionally. Phillip Rivers is one of the smartest guys that we know in terms of playing quarterback. Tony Romo was the same way. Those guys were in the playoffs constantly. Well, Romo wasn't in the playoffs constantly, but he made it a few times. Um, Those guys offer you something extra. The average guys don't. That's just the way it is. Um, You can look at a guy like Ryan Tannehill. You can look at a guy like um, Derek Carr. Uh, You could look at someone like, uh, who else would you consider? Um, Kirk Cousins. Those guys all, I don't necessarily think any of them are top five, top necessarily ten quarterbacks. But they all have made the playoffs. Derek Carr, we think, is going to make the playoffs this year. Um, and is playing very well so far. They, Derek Carr has a big arm. He can, he can run a little bit um, in an emergency situation. That's a little bit extra, and those things help you win games. Kirk Cousins is the same way. He's not a runner, but he can move around and extend plays within the pocket and you know um, scramble out to the left and right. He's not going to run down the field necessarily, but he's mobile enough to extend plays. That helps. Um, and he's, you know, he's fairly accurate with the football, mostly careful with it. Occasionally he does some risky things. And same thing for Tenhill. Like I said, he offers a little bit of running ability and he has a pretty big arm. So I don't see it with Mac Jones. Um, the NFL is too fast now for the defense as well. Um, this isn't the 2000 Ravens defense. It's good. But, man, you need to put points on the board if you're the New England Patriots. And as an offense, the Pats simply can't put up enough. Another team, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is there anything that needs to be said about the state of the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, mainly at the quarterback position? Is there anything that we need to discuss? If you ever listen to me, Big Ben, as I've said before, and I'm going to say it again, he has been a shot fighter for going on three years now. Guys, it is time to move on. He is literally falling down like an old man on plays for no reason. Maybe they haven't moved on because they don't have great options to move on to. Rightfully so. Fair enough. You know, case closed. But that's also their fault. Nick Foles was available. Gardner Minshew was available. Cam Newton is still available right now. Teddy Bridgewater was available. Um, and, And all those guys right now are better than Big Ben. And it's really a shame when you have a defense that's been as good as the Steelers has for the last two years 
to waste it on a quarterback who is holding you down like an anchor because he's about as nimble as one. The final team you should be concerned about if you're a fan, the Indianapolis Colts. Now, if someone needed to tell you to be concerned about Carson Wentz either on the field in terms of play or what will inevitably be an injury, we've already seen one for the record. No, I've never seen someone sprain both ankles at the same time. Uh, Quentin Nelson also was hurt, and even with him, the offensive line had regressed, hasn't looked good. I also said to start the season, this team has no playmakers, no one on the offense that scares you. They got a couple of guys. I like Michael Pittman, but he's not a star. They got a lot of really good players who would be good players on most teams, but none of them are stars, and your, your quarterback is playing the furthest thing from it. And one award that I'm going to give out this year at the end of the year, I'm going to give out an award to which coach most consistently looks the most lost on the sidelines when the cameras cut to them during the broadcast. <laughs> and the top three right now are Frank Wright, um, Arthur Smith, and Mike McCarthy. No doubt about it. This team could be looking up at 0-6, 1-8 before you know it. And as a Titans fans, I will love every single second of it okay quickly i want to uh go over picks i didn't go over picks last week um i do want to provide what my picks are going to be for this week i'm not going to go into detail today maybe we'll do an episode on friday or saturday and and talk about each game in fact that's what we will do um but i do want to give you really quick an update on some of the picks um i like the um, the Thursday night game, I am staying away from that. I think the Bengals uh, are pretty good. I think they will probably even cover it because the Jaguars are so bad. But as far as putting my own money on it, I'd probably stay away from that one. Um, I love Washington, minus one and a half at Atlanta. Atlanta's terrible. Washington's bad too, but they're much more put together than the Falcons are. Um, let's see. Lions at Bears, uh, plus two and a half for the Lions. I'll leave that one alone. I like minus seven for the Jets or for the Titans at the Jets. Uh, I like the Browns minus one and a half at the Vikings. Um, everyone's getting caught up in the Vikings because they were close, close in their games. I don't, I don't get that. Um, Colts at the Dolphins. Boy, that's tough. Both teams are bad. Um, I probably like the Dolphins there minus one and a half. Carolina Panthers at the Cowboys. I like the Panthers to cover. I like the Cowboys to win that one. Um, Giants at the Saints. I actually like the Giants plus seven and a half on that. Um, James has been disappointing this year. Kansas City Chiefs at the Eagles. They're going to roll the Eagles. I like the Chiefs minus seven and a half. Texans at the Bills plus 16. I would stay away from that one. I'm tempted to go with the Texans to cover plus 16. That seems like a lot, even for a bad team. Um, I'd probably stay away from that one. Rams minus 4.5 at the Cardinals. I like that. Uh, Seahawks plus 2.5 at the 49ers. No. I like the 49ers to bounce back. I think they. I like that minus 2.5, 49ers hosting the, Fal the Seahawks. 
Uh, Ravens at the Broncos, minus one. I like the Ravens there. I just think they're flatly better than the Broncos. Uh, I like the uh, Packers, minus seven, at home versus the Steelers. I don't think the Packers are that good. I don't think they're Super Bowl contenders necessarily, but they're they're miles better than the Packers or the Steelers. Uh, and then the big one, Bucks at the uh, Patriots. I like the Bucks minus seven. They're going to roll the Patriots. And the Raiders at Chargers. Now that's a good game. Plus three and a half, right down the middle. I like the Raiders to cover. I like the Chargers to win. And there you have it, ladies and gents. Those are your picks. This has been your episode of the Simple Sports Podcast. Be sure to tune in next time. I appreciate you hanging out. Peace.